Welcome to episode one of Golfer and the Yogini podcast, where we talk about subjects that we are passionate about. My name is Kevin, and I'm the golfer. And my name is Mallory, and I am the Yogini. On this podcast, you may hear Kevin and I talk about golf and yoga, and you will also hear from our guests in future podcasts talk about their passions. Um, In the first episode, it's really just going to be Mallory and I talking about what we are passionate about, golf and yoga, and kind of getting into what this podcast is about. Um, You also get to hear me um, mistakenly talk about who won the FedEx Cup uh, on the PGA Tour for 2015, but hopefully only the golfers will catch that. Um, I know the yogis probably will have no idea about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. I can't wait to... um, screw up many more times hopefully we'll have thousands and thousands upon millions of listeners oh my god listening to us um in our little mistakes but hopefully getting really cool nuggets um you know out of our conversation and and the conversations that we have with uh guests and future podcasts yeah i like the way that sounds yeah so this episode is brought to you by easy golf league uh if you belong to a golf club and or are a manager of a golf league or a golf club and you're using spreadsheets and email to sign up or sign up sheets um, and tournament software and you're trying to keep track of all of that stuff together to manage your one league or your one club, try using software that will facilitate it all in one place in an automated way with Easy Golf League. Um, With Easy Golf League, you will get live scoring, live leaderboard, online payment structure, and automated tracking of your entire club online. Check it out at www.ez, the letter E, the letter Z, golfleague.com. Really cool software. I'm actually using it uh, in two of my leagues right now. Um, And it was just that, like it was email back and forth and they had clipboards where you can sign up and I couldn't even pay online. And it was just a real, I mean, it wasn't a bummer. I still got to play golf and all that, but this new software has, has been really cool. There's an app um, that I get to keep scoring online and like, I get to see like the leaderboard and stuff. It's pretty cool stuff. That's exciting. Yeah. Do you, is there anything like that for yoga where you have an app that's just like kind of change your world? Oh gosh. No. I mean, I like, I like uh, like the yoga quote apps, like the ones that give me little nuggets of inspiration every day. It's like a little Osho uh, piece of wisdom or, you know, I like that. But no, yoga, it's like shut, shut down the apps. Take, <laughs> take the phone out of your hand. Shut down the apps and turn on the mat. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, cool stuff. All right. We also have... Um, uh, our producer Kate, who is helping us produce our podcast and organizing it and polishing it up and making it look good. So, uh, kick it off, Kate. Kick off the podcast. We have to really talk real good, okay? <laughs> So we're really starting our first podcast here. Are you excited to start it? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm kind of, I don't know, hmm? kind of nervous. A little nervous? Yeah. Well, our our podcast is, what is it going to be called? Uh, the Yogini and the Golfer. Is that what it's going to be called? <laughs> yeah, I think well, so, right? Yeah, very nice. Well, yeah. Yeah, that could be what it's or called. The Golfer and the Yogini. Uh-oh, we sound unsure. Oh, I don't know. 
Okay. Well, we'll have to sort that out before we uh, send these out. Well, huh? yeah, obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, do you want to um, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody and tell a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, my name is Mallory uh, Dotman, and I am the yogini in the golfer and the yogini. Um, so I I teach yoga, and I like to practice yoga. Um, they kind of go one and the same for myself, at least. Um, I feel really connected with yoga and being able to, um, you know, share my experience in my own practice and sort of give that to other people. I think it's um, it's just it's a great, great practice. And uh, it's a really nice way to get connected to myself and to other people. And uh, yeah, that's kind of kind of what I do. Well, very good. My name's Kevin Dotman. Um, and we're not brothers and sisters. We are actually married to each other, huh? <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. I guess, you know, if we both had the last name Dotman, it could be... Could go either way. It really could, but it doesn't because we're married and um, about to have a baby, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Minor, big details, actually. Oh, man. By the time we publish this podcast, uh, we may have even already had a baby. We'll see, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Screaming baby in the background. Yeah. Well, my name's Kevin Dotman, as I said, and uh, I'm not a professional golfer, but I love to golf um, as much as I possibly can. More of a weekend warrior. Um, But I think that golf is a huge metaphor for life and... I'm sure throughout our podcast, we will get into a little bit more detail around what that means. And maybe even within this podcast, who knows, huh? Yeah. Um, so this is the introductory podcast. Uh, we're going to have many more podcasts to come. Uh, the format is going to be, um, the topic will be, uh, with a special guest where, you know, we may have a musician or we may have an entrepreneur or we may have, um, what else? Um, it, you know, any, any profession, I think just people out there doing what they're passionate about. It's like living passionately and with purpose. And, uh, we just kind of want to, at least I want to connect with those people and hear what they're doing right and hear their trials and tribulations and just get to know, get to know what's out there. Yeah. That's actually, I like the way you put that people living passionately and, and getting to know, you know, what made them passionate about their in their particular, you know, subject that they're passionate about. And I, that might even be a good topic to start off here. Like, for example, how did you get um, passionate about yoga? What was it about yoga? When did you start? Um, and what was it that really clicked um, with you that really made you want to drive into making that your profession? Yeah, well, it's, uh, there's there's like a staple yoga bio that you can find on like any yoga website like yoga studio website where you click on the the teacher's name and it's like I fell in love with yoga and it changed my life and you know this and that and uh so mine's mine's not too much different than than that um and uh, it's it's pretty much you know my mom started doing yoga um so I was around it uh growing up but you know, it wasn't until I started kind of getting out on my own and like figuring out that there were other styles of yoga, um, like the vinyasa, which is sort of what opened my eyes to, um, to a powerful practice. And so I really started 
connecting to myself in ways that I hadn't before in other yoga practices, and it was a challenge both physically and mentally um, for myself, and it, I, it pushed me up against a few barriers that um, were kind of in my life off of my mat, and so getting the opportunity to sort of work out that stuff on a yoga mat and like I don't know, be led and have this community to sort of just like sweat it out with and work it out. And it, you know, it's all sort of personal. It doesn't have to be like, I'm not sharing my problems with everyone, but, um, you know, just, just being able to sort of reflect inwardly and, uh, and, and see the changes that I've been able to make, uh, through yoga and with yoga. Um, and the connection that I have with myself now and, I think with other people is just on a different level. And so to have been able to experience that, it's sort of like, you know, I want to share that with other people. Why not? You know, that's it's powerful stuff. Um, and whether it's just like a one-time yoga class, like it makes you feel better. You walk in feeling one way, you leave feeling great, you know. So whether it's just that or if you're a long-time practitioner, I mean, I think that it just, it's, it's like helping people feel better. Uh, I get that. Um, but so I've, I've done yoga before, right? And I'm not, I don't get super passionate about yoga. I get a really good workout and I get that. I do get feeling good after, um, the workout. So I don't know if that's exactly what you're saying, but, but I've done yoga a couple of times and afterwards I feel really good. My body feels really good and all of that. But is there, is there a specific moment in time where you connected with yoga where it was like, yeah, this is, this is the deal. And, and if so, is that, could you share that experience or, or is it more of a journey than that? It's kind of more of a journey. I would have to say. Um, I, but it was, it was sort of when I first started going to the yoga studio that I teach at right now. Um, and, and listening to the way that they approached it and sort of the, you know, because I feel like yoga can be pretty kind of serious, which is, which is fine in some, you know, it is serious in some circumstances. But I think the lightheartedness of the classes that I was taking and, you know, and just the playfulness brought to it, I, you know, I started to realize, holy shit, I'm really serious in all of my life, you know. And so bringing some of the playfulness, I don't really have like a, a one moment. I mean, it's just, it's kind of, the, you know, journey of, of when I started and how I approached things before that and like the perfectionism and everything that kind of came in, um, into my life and into, into the poses and having to do them like, you know, exactly right. And, um, and then just sort of approaching things a little bit differently. I mean, over time, yeah, I don't think that there was like a certain, certain, uh, one time thing that it just sort of like, snapped and then I was all of a sudden passionate about it um but yeah I mean what about you what about you and golf like let's hear that story oh me and golf um, <laughs> yeah. yeah let me get into uh, me and golf real quick but there's something that you said around being so serious all the time and that really resonated with me because that's something that I'm actively trying to change especially as it relates to work right because for the last probably 15 years um you know whenever I go into work like I get into super serious mode in fact yeah. I'm not even like 
to the point where when I walk into work, I'm not that guy that goes to the water cooler and starts, you know, BSing with everybody around the office around, hey, what, a, you know, how did it go this weekend? What show did you do? I literally walk into work. I, I get on my computer and I start working. It's just like no nonsense, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I realized over the years, especially recently, that I was getting way too serious and, and work was just all about like, you know, not ha there was no fun basically, right. you know, very, it was very rare moments of, of fun. And then that kind of just snowballs into, I, you know, I don't like going into work because I don't like not having fun all the time. And it, and it occurred to me, I would say within the last year that that doesn't need to be the case. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I, you know, in my, in my regular profession to make my money to pay the bills, I'm a, I'm, I'm in sales. Um, you know, and I, and I enjoy my, my job to an, to an extent. I'm not passionate about it like the way I am in golf, which I'll get to in a minute. But, um, but I also realized that I don't need to be so serious about it, right? Like I could still have fun while doing something that I'm not necessarily completely passionate about. And I think it's just a matter of changing my mindset a little bit. And so I'm really, really trying to work on that. So when you said that you, you know, you took things seriously and you kind of or yoga super seriously and you learn something flipped the switch where you learn to kind of have more fun with it and be a little more playful that was that resonated with me in it because I'm trying to get to that place with uh you know places that were I guess my work where I'm a little too serious I yeah like. yeah and and for me too it's like um you may not have to be passionate about your job right but like you, I'm sure there's passion in yourself for living a great life, right? And a happy life. And so the job is part of your life. So why not bring some of that passion into it, you know, just by, by switching that sort of mindset. I think that's a good point. Yeah. 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 That's good. So, uh, you asked me about golf. Yeah. How let's did get, I get into it. How did I get passionate about golf? Um, you know, and I'm thinking about the questions that I asked you around, like, was there a moment in time, you know, and, <laughs> and I, I'm sure there was a moment in time and I can't think of what it was right now, but likely it had to do with hitting that golf ball flush for the first time. Oh yeah. It's because, a good feeling. Yeah. You've, you've gone to the range a couple of times, right? <laughs> With me yeah. and you've hit some golf balls. And yeah. It can be super frustrating. But when you hit it right, you're just like, yeah, that yeah. was so amazing. Yeah. So it makes I, you want to do it again. Exactly. And so I'm sure, I'm sure it had uh, something to do with that. Um, but there's also, you know, quite a bit about golf that's just, you know, even without hitting the ball flush or being a scratch golfer or a professional golfer or, or any of that, there's a lot about golf that is in my mind, you know, beautiful and, and a metaphor for life, right? Like for, for one, for one, let's just get to the beauty side of it. You know, a lot of golf courses that you go to, you know, with all of that grass and a lot of them have water and features and, um, you know, nature and animals and, um, you know, it's just really, it's just really nice to kind of get away from, you know, the day to day and go, because you're not going to go golf, you know, you're not going to go away and golf for 30 minutes and come back and get back into it, right? You, in order to go golf, you have to spend some time. And even if you're going to just hit balls on the range, you know, you're, it's a good, you're going to be there for an hour likely. Right. And so you have to take time out of your day to go do that. Um, and although I do take it seriously cause I'm passionate about it and I want to get the best I possibly can, there is space, um, for, in my mind to really just kind of get away from the other stuff. Right. And so I'm really only focusing on one thing and, it, and it's golf and it's, 
um, being in the moment and, you know, witnessing everything out, out there that's on the golf course and being with myself and my swing and trying to get better. And I don't think about any of my problems when I'm out there. Um, so that, that's probably a, a big part of why I'm passionate about it is because it's almost like an escape. Yeah. But um, in that escape, there's a lot of life lessons to be learned there, right? Because if I'm not focusing on that ball at the moment when I'm trying to hit it, I'm not going to get the desired result that I want. Right. And it's like, you know, life's like that. Right. If you're not focusing in one area and you're, ex- you're you have an expectation. Right. That word expectation. If you if you have that expectation that something's going to happen, but you're not concentrating on it, likely are likely you're going to get disappointed on the outcome because you you don't have your 100 percent focus. On right. It. Right. Well, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> actually, one of the things that I. I don't know if it was an assignment for like one of the teacher trainings, yoga teacher trainings that I've done, but, um, somewhere along the way, someone actually even said, you know, um, I think we actually were supposed to, uh, watch the movie Bagger Vance, oh. which is the golf movie, yeah, yeah. right? With I like, like, I love was that it movie. Will Smith? Yeah. Will Smith. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Matt, Matt Damon. Yeah, That's Matt a great Damon. movie. Yeah. But so what Very it is, inspiring. it is, but, and, and one of the things is, is that, um, Interestingly enough, it it kind of follows the Bhagavad Gita, which is uh, an ancient, you know, yogic kind of text. I don't, and and it just it's it's one of those things about you know life lessons and um, and sort of the inner wisdom that I think we all have. But it's really it was interesting to have that golf yoga life like sort of all tied into one thing. Um, and yeah, I, that's I, great. Yeah, yeah. What the, what was the what was the lesson to be taken from that movie again? I I just remember uh, Matt Damon at the end hitting golf balls at night while Will Smith is sort of putting it on there. But then what was the the end of well, the? Well, I remember? think Bagger Vance was like imaginary kind of. Oh really? Oh, so it was like I his, think it was like his uh, his intuition, his, his mind's eye or something. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think so. Yeah, that makes. I can't sense. remember. It's been a while since I've seen it, yeah. but it, it's something along those lines where it's like. You know, we all sort of have this like this voice that the ultimate voice in our head that we know what's right, right? It, it tells us what's right from wrong. Well, it tells us a lot of things, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but <laughs> but even beyond that, like if you go a little bit deeper than that, you know, there's the voice that like tells us all the shit that we hear all day, right? Um, you know, just like oh, this person looks, you know, is looking at me. Oh, look at that. Look at this. You know, the the that sort of yeah. observer. But then there's like a deeper observer. I think that you know, ultimately it tells us what's right from wrong. Well, it's like some people refer to it as your gut. Yeah. Kind of gut instinct, I guess. Yeah. I I was, um, I was listening to a podcast, uh, the other day and it was, I forget what the podcast was about, but it was, this guy did a a ton of research and, you know, it was just, it was talking about, you know, people basically. And I wish I remembered the the subject, but the subject's (laughs) not really important. But anyway, he said that we learned, oh, so he was, he was trying to bring together a new philosophy around, around the workplace. Um, and he was talking about, you know, things from the past that we thought were fact that indeed weren't fact, like the world used to be flat. Right. Yeah. And, you know, everybody believed that. Um, and that was what we knew, uh, you know, that we knew that and that our brain told us that, but eventually it didn't end up being true. Right. The world, as we know, it is round, it turns out, which is great because we can, circumvent the world um, and, and travel all over the place. And that, that was a good thing. Um, but the other thing that he said that we learned recently, apparently in the 90s, is that we actually have more than one brain. What? 
<laughs> yeah, and he and he quizzed everybody in the audience like, how many brains do we have? You know, and people were like, oh, we have two, two brains, right? Yeah. The left brain and the right brain. And he and he applauded those people for saying that, but that wasn't. I would have said the like our our head brain, the brain that you think about, and then like our gut brain, because I, I I go with the gut instinct quite a bit. So I would say too. But well, yeah, and so yeah. that's what he was getting at, and I didn't realize. I always thought that that was just kind of like a joke, um, <laughs> but apparently we've scientifically proven that we not only have the brain in our head, but we also have a brain in our stomach. So that that really is a thing. Yeah, and we have a brain in our heart. So apparently and i'm you know i don't know how much you can believe on the internet but this guy was like a <laughs> phd and he was you know well, talking in a in a crowd of yeah. other phds and so i can only imagine that it really is true and i, I didn't do much research beyond listening to that podcast but what I mean, was this guy's name do you remember oh gosh you're putting me on the spot I now know, i don't I remember <laughs> i'm gonna have to bring it up uh to to uh, talk about it again. In, well, in a yeah, I podcast. mean, I, I don't think that we can just go go around willy nilly throwing oh, out all man. sorts of things well, from some guy on the internet. <laughs> well, yeah, and look at forget some guy on the internet. But the point is that we have three brains, yeah. and that kind of blew my mind. And I'm sure that's something that anybody listening to this podcast who doesn't believe it can go do some research and sure. figure out the hey, reality. Yeah, of that. if you do the research, send us an email. Yeah, let us, <laughs> clue us. I in might have on to it. go do some research myself. Yeah. But, but I mean, I it, mean, it, it, yeah, it makes, makes sense, sense, right? I yeah. guess, you know, like I just always thought it was a metaphor, like your gut, like, like in my mind that always used to just be like, like your instinct. And, and I would equate my instinct to, you know, my brain, my inner voice, um, the first thing it thought of rather than, you know, the, all of the subsequent things that comes up after that. Right. Like, cause right. usually you have a, a first thought, but Maybe that really is your stomach brain. I don't right. know. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I think that what, maybe what it, what, how I'm taking it is like, we've all had the gut feeling. Like, you know, when you get a little nervous, you get the butterflies oh, yeah. or, you know, you have like a speech in front of a bunch of people, you know, yeah. there's this feeling, there's this, uh, something that maybe tells us that like something's different or something's not right. Mm -hmm. And even our heart, you yeah. know, our heart beats a little bit faster yeah. or, or it um, flutters or yeah, whatever. Yeah, skips right? a beat yeah. if you're in love, right? Supposedly, oh, but yeah. But I think mine's skipping a beat right oh, now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Just looking at you. <laughs> That's sweet. Um, but you know, I think ultimately, it, those don't have to run the show. You know, those are those are brains. Just like our brain has yeah. unreasonable thoughts. Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, you know, our heart and our, our gut can also sort of have, I mean, how many times has your gut told you like, oh, don't get up in front of these people and like make this speech, you know, but you yeah, do it and it's right. great and yeah. you get over it. Um, and your, and your brain, your, you know, your, your brain or your mind's eye, however you want to refer to it, is probably thinking that the whole time you're giving the speech, but totally. you're still doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to, doesn't have to drive that, which I think is interesting. A lot of times, like, you know, you hear like, follow your gut instinct, follow this, follow that, you know, follow your heart, which I mean, you know, I, I think that's part of it. It's like our, our heart and our gut and our brain all tell us things, but they can sometimes be in conflict with each other. Yeah. And I think, I think it's important too, to know that you don't have to, I mean, that you can make decisions, make actions without, you know, the, the gut instinct. Thing. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I, I, I learned, uh, um, a, a, an analogy uh, not too long ago, and it's something that I, I sort of took for granted in that, you know, 
like you said, you know, your brain or your mind's eyes telling you all sorts of things all the time, right? And your your nerves are telling you things, and you you know, especially like when you're when you're speaking in public or you have something that you're not confident about, you know, your body gives you all of these sensations, right? Yeah. And whenever whenever I would have to go do, or still to this day, whenever I have to go do something like that, where my where my body sensations are just kind of like taking over me. <clears throat> When it comes time to actually go deliver, what I do is I, I consciously make a choice to just, um, I, I don't know if ignoring them is the right word, but just mm. not focusing on them, right? Not and putting I, and attachment I, to them, maybe, right? I, I guess that's what it is, right? And so I, I focus on what I need to deliver, and it doesn't mean that I'm not nervous, and it doesn't mean that my body sensations aren't still going crazy, but I'm able to deliver it in a way that, you know, is... is is successful because I'm focusing on what I need to deliver rather than focusing on all my body sensations. And, and the thing that I learned recently, which I thought was really powerful is, you know, I don't focus on breathing. I just breathe, right? Like I don't focus on my heart beating. It just beats. Right. And, and imagine if, but you need, you need to breathe and your heart needs to beat in order to live. Right. Yeah. Imagine if I put all that pressure on myself to like really focus on breathing and my heart beating. So that way I can survive. Like Mm -hmm. I would, there's no way I would be able to live life because I would just be so worried about like, Oh my gosh, did I take a breath? Oh my gosh, did my heart beat? Oh my gosh, did I take a breath? And I would just be in this constant loop of, I can't do anything. I'm paralyzed because I need to make sure that I can breathe and I, and I can, you know, my heart can beat and, Thank God I never I never got to that point and thank God that my body just does what it does so that way I can not worry about it and kind of go about my things and the reason why I brought that up is cuz you know I know there's a lot of anxious people out there in the world and I get anxious sometimes too but I know that some people they actually you know are are controlled by that um and and I just wonder if maybe it's because they're focusing on it you know, rather than focusing on other things that they could be focusing on that could make them happy. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, um, it's interesting, you know, you're talking about the body sensations and about how people like bring, you know, attachment to them or folk can focus on them. And, and yoga, I think that's one of the big parts of it. It's like, it kind of shows you that there's like those, those sensations can exist in your body, but they don't have to, doesn't mean you have to get out of the pose or doesn't mean you have to get out of the game of, you know, making the speech or whatever. I mean, you can, you can be there and you observe them. You just notice them. And then, you know, you stay there. And, and at that, at those times, it's when uh, breath for me, at least is important and, yeah. and focusing on the breath and, um, taking fuller, you know, bigger breaths and controlling the breath. Because I think a lot of us, like you're talking, I call it kind of like the, um, auto, you know, auto breath or the, I, I'm blanking on it right now, but mm. just the breath that sort of we use, like you were saying, you know, that keeps us alive. We don't have to think about it. Um, and then there's the like controlled breath, the like focused breath in yoga where you're, you know, purposefully breathing in, purposefully breathing out as a way to calm your nerves and calm those sensations and bring your awareness to something other than maybe, you know, the, the intensity that you might feel in a certain yoga pose or the intensity that you might feel before you get up for a speech or a presentation or something like that. Well, yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, when you're doing, when you're doing things that are stressful or, or, 
um, that you're not confident in, um, you know, our, our body kind of restricts itself and then we probably start taking less of a breath and then, totally. you, then you get less oxygen Oh, totally! and then your muscles start to tense <laughs> yeah. up and then, and that's what you, and that's like your body. So, so probably, and I don't know, I'm sure there's scientific, you know, proven things about this and, and words to use. I don't know what they are. I'm not a, not a scientist, but but I would guess that that's probably the anxiety that you feel is that your yeah. body's shutting down. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. so to like take a step back and take those deep breaths right. and get that oxygen in yourself to let that blood flow and let your muscles relax or it's probably good. It's a real Healthy. thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so along those, um, you know, along those lines of purposefully, um, you know, making your thought of, I know, I, I know I'm in a stressful situation, but I need to focus on delivering. I mean, that's golf, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, yeah. And that's exactly what I'm going to get into, right? I've noticed recently, and I've always kind of noticed this, but you know, in the past it was just like a, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know if I have positive thought, I'll do better or whatever, but I didn't really believe it or I didn't really test it out. Right. Um, as, as hard as I tested it out recently and I've really been testing it out hard. And so what I'm doing is, and you know, anybody who's into golf and they, they watch, they watch golf on the weekends, you'll notice Jason Day is, is very intense with his visualization and guess what? He, he won the PGA tour this year, right? So, but the, but the, but what I've noticed for myself on the golf course is that when I get up there and I have a thought that I believe, um, and I stick with that thought, that's what happens, right? And so, for example, I the last round I played, um, you know, I'm a for for you golfers out there that that know what this means. I, my handicaps, uh, my index is a nine point five, right? So that means that I shoot around an eighty, low eighties typically. Every once in a while, I'll get into the high seventies, but and for those uh, for those non golfers out there the lower the score the better yeah that threw me off for a while i'm yeah. always i'm always trying to achieve the higher number but that's a good point so a par <laughs> a par course is usually 72 yeah so when you um, say and that. i usually so i usually shoot around in between you know eight to 12 strokes above par would be average for me right so anyway the last time i went out um i i played incredible but i started off on my first eight holes i started off uh nine over par and that's horrible for me because nine over par is usually what I finish and I had uh 10 more holes to play but I but I realized that after hole eight what I told myself is I said look at if I birdie this hole and I play good and I play great golf on the back I could still have a good score and so on the very next hole I stepped up to it and was like I just need to make a really good shot here on this and focus on this shot in this moment and it's going to be good and I visualized it and you know I ended up birding the hole which was incredible right and so I did that for the next five holes and out of the next five holes I had four birdies and a par yeah and then I stepped up to the next hole that I had been playing bad for probably the last five um, times I played that hole and so in my mind I'm like just don't play this hole bad just don't play this hole bad Instead of going up and saying, I need to hit a good shot here, yeah. and this is where I need to put it. And guess what happened? You hit it bad. I hit it bad. <laughs> the and power it, of thought, yeah. And it, and it wasn't even just that I hit it bad, right? So then I got up to the next one, and I'm in this mindset of like, okay, well, I hit it bad, but I'm still fine. Let me go to my next shot. 
I go to my next shot, and instead of saying, okay, if I hit this shot perfect and put it in this place, I'm, I'm in good position, I said, don't hit it in these tree in this bush. Oh, yeah. But where's your, your focus there at that point? It's like, don't do it here, but you're yeah. still putting your attention. Your awareness is in the trees. Oh, man. And, yeah. And I completely blew that oh. hole out. But um, the good news is that I was able to catch myself after the hole was over. Yeah. I backed off and I said, well... Something needs to change. Yeah, something needs to change. You know what happened. You talked yourself into that hole. Mm -hmm. Thoughts become things. Yeah. And even if it's a don't do something, you're you're still talking about that what, thing. Yeah, that that thing. You're that not you're talking trying. about the good thing that you do want to right. do. Right. <laughs> right. And I don't think people realize that. I think I honestly like, and I think I I was like this. I'm sure I was like this because that's a habit for me. It's like, sure. well, if I. If I talk about what I don't want to do, maybe I won't do that. But no. guess what? I'm talking about that thing yeah. that I don't want to do. I'm it's not talking still, about the thing that I want to do. Yeah, it's still on your mind. I mean, it's yeah. like it's it's like when you're shopping around for a car, right? And you you have one car in mind and then you get out on the road and that's all you see or yeah. like, you know, right now I'm pregnant and literally everywhere I turn I'm seeing pregnant people. And I yeah. think, you know, it's because that's what's on my mind, that whatever is on the forefront of your mind, you're more apt to uh, seeing it. You're just, it's, it's more relevant to you in your life. So you're going to see that more often. So if you're, if you're still thinking, don't do this, you're still thinking about whatever that is. Yeah. Even the don't, like the don't, that doesn't. That doesn't matter. The don't that, doesn't matter. The don't doesn't <laughs> it's, it's matter. That's a lesson here. <laughs> so, and I honestly, like, I just, I think that that's a, a really valuable lesson. If, if you guys are out there, try it. Um, we, uh, I, I kind of got on this kick and I think we both kind of got on this kick where it was like, we started it with the parking spaces, right? We learned this yeah. little trick where it's like, instead of saying, oh, there's not going to be any parking, we're not going to find any there's parking. There's never parking there's in never this parking. lot. There's never we're, parking. We're going to have to go around for hours until we find parking. Well, that's what we did. That's well, what would happen if we... When well, we, it's probably... I didn't ever pay attention to it, but I, I, I heard of a trick that says, you know, just try saying you're going to find front row parking and you're going to... It to and yourself. you will, yeah, yeah. Say it. I will find front row parking. We've literally not no. found front row yeah. parking. Like it's probably been six months since yeah. we've not found front row well, parking. And and the front row parking. I mean, we we always find parking. True. So, yeah, but it's it's more likely, more often than not, the front row, like actual front yeah, row, like the first yeah. parking spot. It's and, crazy. And, 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 and when I don't find the first parking spot, and I have to go it's to right like nearby. the second or or third row, I'm a lot more um, open to it because I'm I'm in this game of my of mine where it's like yeah that's front row parking. <laughs> so and and I'm happy about I it, right? And, yeah. And imagine if you could just do that with a lot of other things in life. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. I would encourage people to to try it. You got to believe it. I mean, you can't just be like, oh, I'm gonna try this front row parking. I don't. I'm not into it. But but this person said if I say it. Yeah. then it'll happen because that's not that's not going to work you actually that have to go be in believing to, that there's like the possibility yeah. that that there is the front row spot that you're going to get and you'll get it love yourself enough to believe that that will happen there so and also um to kind of give you some examples i have had a couple of times recently where i didn't find the front row parking on the first pass but i was patient and i went around one more pass and i got it and, yeah. I, and it wasn't hours later and it wasn't like waiting for four people to get to their car and move out. And it was just, yeah, it just happened. I but. don't, uh, I don't know. I don't remember who, who this is, 
who I'm quoting when I say this, but I really, this was one of those moments in a yoga class. It was actually a yoga teacher who had said it to me, but then, you know, they, it was quoted by someone else too, um, the original quoter. Um, but it was, you know, we were holding some crazy hard pose and we're try, attempting, I think, to get into a hard pose. Um, it's one that I, like, you know, an arm balancing pose. What was the pose called? Do you remember? Well, it was crow pose at the beginning of uh, my yoga journey when doing anything with my feet off the ground and just my hands on the ground was like, I, would, I just wouldn't think that I would ever be doing that, you know, <laughs> yeah. or that it was possible. And, uh, and so the teacher, I think, they, yeah, they were saying, you know, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Mm. And yeah, that's, that's just good. like, holy crap, I'm coming from a total place of I can't. Yeah. Like, it, it limited, it, it was so limiting, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, I, and there's no way I'm going to be able to get my feet off the ground. You yeah. know, I, there's just, I don't have the arm strength, blah, blah, blah. Like all of the stuff that comes with the, I can't. Yeah. And it just, it, it was my reality. And what is that anyway, right? Like, what is I can't? That's got to just be like fear or something like that, right? Because, yeah, I mean, old I, beliefs. His, you know, oh, what, history. Yeah, yeah like I tried it before. I've tried it 10 times and I haven't been able to do it, so I must not be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or I tried once and fell on my face, yeah. looked like an idiot to myself. You know, nobody else really cares. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I thought, you know, They're all rooting for me. you, likely. Totally. Yeah. yeah, totally. But then, you know... Then you have that one experience and it may not even be related. It was like, you know, I tried this other thing completely irrelevant to crow pose once and I failed. Yeah. And so I'm not going to do this crow pose because I know how it feels to, to yeah. fail and to, to not, not achieve that. So, uh, it holds it, you know, hold us back, held me back. And yeah. then, you know, shifting from, dude, it's like, it's up to me. I'm creating that whatever I believe I can do, you know? And uh, so switching that, it, then it just at least opens the possibility for the trial to, to happen, for you to, to give it a, a try. So, a, a big reason why I love golf so much, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, when I first started playing golf, I was shooting over 100, right? And oh, okay. Always throws me off. Okay. I'm yeah, like, yeah, wow, no, 100. That's, that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, no, 100. Okay. $100. Yeah, yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> well, no, but so, like, you know, you really yeah. want, you're shooting, you're trying to shoot for 72 yeah. or better. Yeah. And I would always shoot over it's 100. That's what I was shooting for in college. <laughs> oh, Passing. No. But, psh. <laughs> but, but. C's get degrees, I believe. Oh, my gosh. Is that how you past college well yeah hey well, you got your degree so <laughs> you can't really knock it they don't right uh, i haven't i can't remember the last time i i applied for a job interview and they asked me for my gpa so. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. no but come on let's encourage people to get good grades and uh you know no i know i know learn their best but anyway so yeah when i first started golf it was it was a hundred it was over a hundred yeah. right and it was as frustrating as i wanted it to be sure um and I didn't get to 80 over, you know, overnight. Oh, no. It was like I had to stick with it. And honestly, like, with even within the last year, um, I've hit great strides. So you can be as good as you want to be, um, you know, in a topic. It's up to you. It's just a matter of how much effort you want to put into it and how much you believe in it, right? Yeah, if and you, how much fun you're willing to have along the journey, not yeah. not expecting to be to make miracles overnight. I mean, they do happen, you know, but yeah. but just enjoying the ride, I think, and and being positive as as much as you can. Yeah. And I, Although what was that 
we were just at a seminar and the, the seminar leader was saying only negative people need to be positive. Right. So, you know, live in the, live in the reality of, of life, but, um, but have fun with it, you know, enjoy it. Yeah. And so I think that that's the basis of this podcast, right. To kind of learn from other people's experiences around how they were able to, um, be passionate about stuff and find that, that feeling, I guess, of, I love this thing. And, And, you know, so this was the intro um, podcast. And in the future, we're going to have, like I said, you know, the musician or the entrepreneur or the basketball player or, you know, the fill in the blank. Yeah, fill in the blank. And I'm that, not going to limit us to exactly, a list. It's exactly. going to be whatever, whatever comes our way. That's great. No limits. Yeah. Opportunity is open. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, thanks for... Um, Taking the time, Mallory, yeah, to Kevin. conduct our first <laughs> podcast. Yeah, this is fun. It's a good conversation. Yeah, and I can't wait to do the next one. Yeah, me too. It'll be it'll be fun to have a, a third person here. All right. Yeah. Adios. Bye. Um.